Well, welcome to season two, episode one of the Culture Classroom. It's been a while since uh, I think February, John, that we've been in the uh, in the classroom doing some kind of work. Oh yeah, and I mean you had a state championship to win at track. Don't forget about that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun uh, spring for us. Uh, our guys and girls both brought home state championships, uh, which is awesome. We're uh, one point behind currently in the all sports trophy with baseball. Uh, to go and if baseball wins, then we win the all sports trophy for the first time in school history. So uh, it's been a good spring for us. Lots of things to celebrate. Uh, spring is my time to catch up with my family. It's my season off, but uh, you know, as we push to the end of the school year, it's not really time off. <laughs> no doubt, there. It's uh, it's a constant grind. I think we have ten days left, and those ten days can't get through fast enough. Uh, we're also in spring football right now, so. Won a state championship on a Saturday, had a Sunday to chill, Monday back on the practice field. So, uh, you know, ready ready for the exams and the break that comes with that for a little bit. No doubt. The grind never stops, you know, and then it's into football, and then seasonal, the season will be here following summer training. So, uh, it's just that's the life we live, Coach Weave. <laughs> that's it. Well, look, uh, since we're going to be diving into episode one of season two, uh, the carrying trademark is what we're going to be hitting on. We're going to have a special guest uh, joining us is uh, going to be Jacob Land, who was at North Forning with Coach Randy Jackson, is now taking a uh, uh, offensive play caller and I think quarterbacks coach, and he can uh, go through that a little bit more. He's only been there for a week at Fort Worth Christian School, and they have a quarterback that's really good. Um, but he has some carrying trademarks that he's going to share with us. He was also the offensive coordinator at Jackson Prep, um, that name sounds familiar to you, doesn't it? The team that beat us yeah, in the, yeah. the team that beat us in the state championship. Well, um, he was the OC for that team for three of them. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to hear what his carrying trademarks are. Plus, we can dive into more of you know what yours is, and I won't give that away yet, and what mine is uh, for football and for for track. But uh, man, let's uh, let's get Jacob in here and get started in the classroom. Hey, let's get better together. Well, we're going to welcome in Jacob Land, who is the Office of Coordinator at Fort Worth Christian School, who spent some time at North Forney and then uh, was a five-time state champion at Jackson Prep as the offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John. Um, both of y'all for having me on. I've uh, been a big fan listening to all season one and uh, honored to be on season two. Yeah, man. Today we're going to start talking about carrying trademarks, and John Torrey's going to talk more about what a trademark is and uh, how that affects teams and, you know, just uh, how it impacts the athletes that we coach every day. John Gordon, author and business leader, calls a caring trademark. And basically, a caring trademark is a way that you distinguish yourself as a leader that shows other people that you're invested in what you're doing. Uh, one of the, my caring trademarks that I have is every game day in my school were purple and gold, and people know that it's game day by my shoes. I've got these purple dress shoes. I've got about four different pairs, so I mix it up, whether I'm coaching on the sideline or coaching on the wrestling mat. But my purple shoes have become my caring trademark, and it's just a way to mentally prepare and be like, hey, I got a game on Friday. 
better get my purple shoes ready. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah well, go ahead, yeah, Jacob. Well, to add in on that, uh, one of my trademarks were uh, back in Jackson on Thursdays. You know, Thursdays always kind of a walkthrough day uh, for most hospitals. And same with prep, there where we uh, no pads, just helmets only. And my big deal was uh, I would kind of wear my game day polo to Thursday practice with my regular shorts and tuck it in like I was actually coaching. And uh, I don't know, it always kind of got me prepared to wear my actual game day shirt on a Thursday practice, and that was kind of my deal. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's kind of it's like uh, a dress rehearsal type deal. Yeah, yeah, I think it was too. Um, I don't know why I started doing it, but I just kind of did. I probably forgot my shirt one day, and so <laughs> I have to wear my game day shirt, and then I got comfortable with it, and um, just kind of went with it. So, Well, do you still do that today? That Since you were at North Point, did you do that on a Thursday as well? No, all practices were so different, you know, um, we do the no sweat Wednesday deal and Thursday, we kind of ramped it back up. Um, so it was a little bit different, uh, types of practices. Um, of course, another one of my superstitions, uh, about game day and not a lot of people know this. Some of my former players do, um, but I always, especially big games, uh, so it's not always, but definitely big games. I actually wear an old nasty high school football girdle, um, on game day. It's just, I don't know why I started doing it. Because, you know, like, it doesn't have any pads or anything. It's just kind of one of those you slipped your thigh pads and, and your uh, hip pads and butt pad in. Um, I don't know why. Just uh, I, I started doing that my first year at Jackson Prep, and uh, I did it really for almost every game my first and second year. As I kind of got on, kind of got away from every game and, and did a lot of the big games. Um, it's just kind of a superstition I have that, Again, somehow, for some reason, makes me feel comfortable. Well, well, it worked against us. You were undefeated against us, so uh, I'd say the uh, the old nasty girdle worked for you yeah. for uh, for that game, those games. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, some players. We had a couple of good players. I don't know how much the girdle really impacted the game, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it made me feel comfortable. I guess it gave me some kind of uh, confidence in what was going to happen. So yeah, it worked out well. Well, as the mental piece becomes more and more part of the game of football and the physical piece diminishes throughout the week, uh, whatever you got to do to get yourself ready for game day, you know, that, that's harmless, but I don't necessarily need to know what you're wearing under your khakis. <laughs> 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 Very true, you know. And no one, you know, it was kind of, no one really noticed it until, I don't know, maybe my second year, someone was like, why in the world are you wearing an old, like, girdle? I was like, I don't know. It's just kind of my thing, I guess, and. It's kind of a lot of people thought it was kind of funny and, and whatever, so um, it is what it is, I guess. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'm I might try that out when we play Jackson Prep this year. I'll uh, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> it, it couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. No, it hurt. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking think about our my carrying trademark uh, for football season. As y'all were talking about, uh, you know, your purple shoes and then the girdle. Uh, mine's on a Thursday afternoon when we get through, we practice on Thursday mornings and, uh, I write letters to my wide receivers, uh, to the ARB group. And it's something that's stuck with me the last two years. And, um, you know, it's exclusive membership for those guys. So that's something that kind of sets me apart. Uh, not trying to be different by any means, but just sets, sets our group apart, uh, making them. You know, there's there's something to be in their locker uh, on game day. They get them Friday morning right after the pep rally. Uh, they'll be in their locker. So I don't hand deliver them or anything. I just put them in their locker. And then during track season, um, 
this kind of happened started back in 2014 was I only wear a red shirt on championship days. So whether it be a junior high championship or a, a varsity championship, you know, and for us in track, Friday is the pre, uh, the field event day and Saturday is the running day. So Friday would be like either a baby blue or a navy blue shirt, but red day, Saturday would be a red day. And uh, that goes back to, I don't know how much y'all love Tiger Woods, but, you know, he changed the game of golf. And I said, if this yeah. dude's going to win all these championships – on Sunday and he's wearing red, you know, it couldn't hurt. And there's nothing better than, than seeing Tiger wearing Sunday red at the Masters like we just had a couple of weeks ago. I tweeted it out. It's one of my favorite traditions. And I think that's the essence of a caring trademark. It's part superstition, part uh, part tradition, but something that just separates you from, from other people. And I was thinking, here's a couple of others that I just jotted down really quick, uh, is my defensive coordinator, well, first of all, he was colorblind, and he's kind of a card. But in college, I went to a small school in Nebraska, and we knew it was a big game. Like, he didn't wear a girdle, but he wore new Wranglers. So the old faded black ones weren't going to cut it if we were playing a big game. So we knew that, hey, we better bring our best if he's wearing new pants. Um, That's awesome. I'm reading a book right now on sweetness. And so Walter Payton, he was meticulous about his spat. And I don't know how much your kids love spat. Like, our kids like it. It's flashy. It's been at every level in the NFL. Guys will pay a lot of money for someone who can spat properly. <laughs> and sweet, Sweetness would make sure there were no wrinkles. He'd do one shoe first, and then he'd move on to the next shoe. And that was his way. The tape had to be flawless. There were no specs on it. Like, that was something that he did to get himself ready to play. Yeah, and you think about, and uh, you talk about athletics, but you think about, I think about this as a carrying trademark. Think about Chick-fil-A. What's their word that they say synonymous with everybody? They don't say no problem or you're welcome. They say my pleasure. So I keep thinking of that as a caring trademark as well, not just for sports teams uh, or for maybe even teachers in a classroom, but just think about businesses and how they have caring trademarks as well. I mean, this thing can go as far as you want to, but it it sets you apart. Um, And everybody knows about Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Zappos.com, they have one rule, and that's to wow somebody. So they tell their employees to make sure that they're wowing at least X amount of people a day. Uh, But it's one of the things that makes them a giant in the shoe business because they do things, they go out of their way to make someone's day, and then those people, in turn, reorder. And they have a good customer service experience, so they come back. That's right. Absolutely. Well, uh, Uh, Jacob, here's what I want to hear about. And we're kind of... This is season two, episode one, so we're we're jumping all over the place. But your right. your coaching journey uh, has intrigued me on how you started at the collegiate level. Uh, you played for our now head coach. Uh, kind of dive in to your your coaching, uh, how you started. Now you're in Texas, and uh, how how it maybe even became that you were a coach. I think that has something to do maybe with your dad was a coach, but um, dive into yep. that for us. And uh, we'll start hitting on that a little bit. Yeah. Well, you, you said it there. Uh, the reason, or really the main reason why I became a coach and an educator was because of my parents. Uh, my mom was a accounting teacher when I was growing up, keyboarding too. Uh, she's a secretary now at MRA. And then my dad, obviously he was a, coach he's a football coach basketball coach he did everything and uh 
I was a water boy, ball boy growing up, and I just fell in love with football, and I fell in love with uh, everything about it. Um, so growing up, we, we kind of moved around a lot. Um, so I, I got to play for Coach Davis, who's at MRA now, my last two years, or actually three years. So I played him at the Heritage and then at Polo Academy. Um, really enjoyed him, and, and still to this day, I mean, I, I, I talked to him last week for 30, 40 minutes about uh, some concepts y'all doing at MRA and, and stuff that I want to do now at Fort Worth Christian. Um, so great relationships um, from our a uh, young age uh, really kind of motivated motivated me to want to become a football coach. Then um, I went on to college and played uh, football and ended up at Mississippi Double Community College. Um, and then after that, uh, sophomore year, I guess in the fall, and then going on to my junior year, I was a student assistant for Mississippi State, uh, the special teams, and then eventually going over uh, and being in a grad assistant role uh, with the recruiting coordinator there at Mississippi State. Um, and then my first year of grad school, um, Marcus Thompson, who uh, is at Jackson Prep, is a great family friend of ours, um, reached out and said something to my dad about a receiving job being open in Jackson Prep, so I jumped on it. Um, worked part-time for that first year, but it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, stayed at Prep for five years. Uh, I think my third year in, uh, Coach Ricky Black finally uh, allowed me to call a player too. And just uh, fell in love with being an offensive coordinator, really, and, and the schemes of stuff. And um, unbelievable experience at Jackson Prep. Not only the success we had winning those five state championships, but learning from a man like Ricky Black was uh, something that I'll carry for my whole life. Um, yeah, he was the uh, he was the national coach of the year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he sure was. He sure was. I, you know, 300 plus wins. I mean, countless state championships from dating back to Kosciuszko and Tupelo, then going to Mississippi State, working for Cheryl, and then countless wins at Jackson Prep. But uh, really blessed to have been under him for five years and learned the things that I did. Um, you know, this year moving out to Texas at North Forney, uh, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to move to Texas. Um, one of them being that football is kind of a big deal out here. Um, then, and the other one was uh, I was chasing a girl, you know, girls have that power over <laughs> they the do. Um, they so do. uh i didn't move out here to get close to my fiance and so um i'm now leaving north forney and kind of getting back into that private school uh league with fort worth christian and i actually started out there last week we started spring football um but really throughout my career i've just been blessed to be around people that are unbelievable coaches and unbelievable men that uh, coach the right way they treat uh their players the right way and it's uh, just bigger than winning football games to those guys. Um, and I started way back watching my dad coach, and then with Coach Davis uh, playing under him, and then getting to uh, coach up underneath Coach Black at Jackson Prep. Just been really blessed to be around those men, and they've really taught me so much, not only about football and how to coach, but about being a man. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a summed up uh, about my my life of football. Well, I, I know, and, and I remember this from from watching games, you know, junior high plays on Thursday nights in our league. But one of the carrying trademarks that I think Coach Black has, and you can elaborate on this, is the shadow men. Uh, and it's something, <laughs> It's something. I, I don't know the whole story, so maybe you can uh, divulge on that a little bit. Uh, but everybody was always saying, man, those are the shadow men. I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about, like shadow men. So uh, what, was, what was that? And that has to be a carrying trademark for him because I heard he's the one that, like paints it out there or whatever. He does, and it's 
you know, I really didn't get too much into it. That was kind of his deal. I don't know. He just, he does a lot of those things. Um, and the shadow man, you know, behind one of the uh, light poles on the home side of Jackson Prep, he'll paint something. Um, even though we have turf, he always somehow found Bill Spring to paint something. So he was, he just, I don't know how long it's been going on, but he would paint something kind of in the shadow of the, of the uh, light pole. And it would have some secret meaning. He would draw pictures, and the players would have to figure it out. Um, so, yeah, he did that every Thursday. I, I really thought, you know, at, at Prep, they did a lot of that stuff. Uh, one of the things that I loved the most was on Thursday was Burger Day. Um, so the dads and the cheerleaders would bring us uh, burgers from Wendy's, uh, feed the players right after practice before we went to go watch them. The cheerleaders would come and either give us uh, donuts or kind of ice cream bars. And to me, that also, I think that kind of got the, our guys, like, really focused in for some reason. Not, not just because they got free burgers, but um, they're like, okay, it's Thursday, burger day. Now it's time to get ready for our game. Uh, so we did a lot of that stuff, really, I felt like, at uh, Jackson Prep. Not only with Coach Black doing a shadow man, um, the burger day. I thought that was a big deal uh, for our guys to kind of like, okay, it's Thursday's burger day. Now it's time to lock in and get ready for Friday night. Right. Well, uh, you know, you're making the transition to, to Fort Worth Christian. Uh, I think you're a weekend, you said. So how, how's that been going, um, being your first week at a new school? I love it. You know, the, the thing about Fort Worth Christian that I've noticed uh, is that the culture is in place, the winning culture. They have high expectations, uh, very similar to what Jackson Prep was like. It was a winning culture. The kids that had uh, high expectations, not only uh, in athletics, but also academically and in life. Um, coaching staff is great. Uh, new head coach, Jared Hudgens, um, he was the defensive coordinator at, uh, I think, it was Southwestern Assembly of God, uh, Sagu, which is in Waxahachie, Texas. Um, he's a young guy, and uh, I really, really um, loved getting to know him the last week or two. Uh, he was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to Fort Worth Christian, um, just by the, our talks and how uh, passionate he is, not only about football, but growing young men. Um, but yeah, I think Fort Worth Christian is going to be a special place. I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Um, one of the things that uh, I did miss uh, coming from Jackson Prep, which is about a school that has about 125, 150 kids per grade, and going to North Forney, which has about 400 to 500 kids per grade. Um, it's getting a lot, you know, having that one-on-one relationship with not only kids in the football team, but also in the classroom. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. The football team's probably going to be around 40 to 50 kids, um, which in North Forney, it was well over 100. Um, classroom's going to be a lot smaller. So I'm really looking forward to Fort Christian to being able to have those relationships, those, those deeper relationships with kids and getting to know those kids um, on a personal level, not just kind of a uh, player-coach level. Right. Well, JT, that he said relationships. You know, that's right up our alley. Uh, I think you have the law of the ships that uh, we kind of live by here on the Culture Classroom. Absolutely. Yep. And it's not complex, but it has to be intentional. It's relationship plus leadership. That's the championship. Uh, and it's your, it's my purple shoes. It's your game day girdle for a big game. It's Coach Weaver's letters to his players. Uh, none of that helps you win. None of that is going to score another touchdown or make sure that you make the right call at a critical moment in the game. It does just show people that you care, though. And it's all about that relationship piece. Because if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Yeah, I think that's one. Very of the, true. Very true. I think that's one of the major things, uh, and we talked about this in season one. Was 
late, like say 10 years ago, you, you didn't want to be a player's coach. Like you wanted to be that hard nosed coach that was respected just because you had the word coach in front of your name and you had a whistle and you blew it real loud and you pop people on the helmets and stuff. I think nowadays in 2018, 2019, 2020, you better be a relational coach or you're going to miss the boat with these kids. So that, that pumps me up, Jacob, that the one thing that, that drove that you're driving home is yes, you're an excellent play caller. You've won five state championships, but you want more of a relationship with your players. Uh, and I think that helps them play for you on Friday night. Cause you want a kid that'll, I don't want to say lay in the street for you, but they'll run through a brick wall for you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I found out the last several years when you have those strong relationships with kids, uh, you can trust them on Friday night. Uh, I think that's what we did a great job of at Jackson Prep. All those coaches that I coached with, unbelievable relationship guys, um, really were. And, and that's what I'm really looking forward to at Fort Worth Christian. I feel like Coach Hudgens um, and some of the coaches there are really strong relationship guys with their players. Well, you know, it's funny because in our profession, as the American family continues to erode and fall apart, more is placed on us to be maybe that young person's only guide. So without that relationship, if you're not going to emphasize that relationship, who knows where they're getting the, the content for their life from. Yeah, I saw a tweet about that earlier this week of how high school coaches are being called more to be dads than ever. Uh, just because home life is, is so so broken or, uh, you know, kids see their football coach more than they probably see their parents during a football season. And, uh, you know, from the time they get to school, from the time they practice and they go home, their parents work full-time jobs, and there you go. They go to bed, they do their homework, and they might see their parents for 35, 40 minutes where they see their coach for about six or seven hours. Yeah, yeah, very clear that a lot of that um, in Jackson Prep and North Forney were kind of different types of circumstances, but just, we still saw a lot of that, that um, sometimes these, these guys and these players of ours, their home life is different. You know, North Forney, um, what they're, how they're like, you know, I picked up two or three kids every day, had to go to school because their parents were truck drivers or, or doing something else. So uh, it is, it's extremely important, that relationship and how you model yourself and how those kids see you. Well, there's a stigma. I think you're exactly right, Coach Weaver, because the biggest dig someone could have on me in my classroom is, oh, well, Coach Torrey, he's just warm fuzzy. <laughs> That's fine. My, my classroom is warm fuzzy. Why? Because it's safe and secure and there's a high energy. However, that doesn't mean that there's not accountability. Right. That, that's. I had a guy, this is – I'm not going to say any names. I'm just going to say we had a coach. <laughs> we had a coach that um, this year, you know, it, it's no secret. I have couches in my classroom. It's it's laid back. Um, growing leaders wanted a picture of my classroom just to to kind of see how, how it happens. And we sit on couches and they take tests in the desk and they take quizzes in a desk, but they take notes and we debate stuff in class and on the couches. Well, one of the kids was like, Coach, uh, why don't you have any couches? He goes, well, I'm not trying to have a frat room in my classroom. And that's that just kind of goes like, wait a second, I'm not, I'm not trying to run a frat room. I'm just trying to make it where it's personable. They feel at ease, and now they're more inclined to 
take notes. No, now it's not going to be warm and fuzzy and soft. No, there's still learning going on, but that's just a different style right. to get them uh, motivated to come to class. I mean, who wants to sit in a desk for 52 minutes? I know I don't. Yeah, definitely, definitely don't. I think a lot of that goes away. Um, but just letting the kids know that they can be comfortable around you. Right. Um, one of the things that we did in North Forney this year that I, I really um, my first time doing is that uh, we take players out to eat. We'd go to Warburger and eat with them. Um, and I felt like having you know doing things like that has strengthened the relationship because the players got a little bit more comfortable where they could uh, trust you more at the same time. But of course, just like. Uh, Coach Tory was talking about um, those kids have those the expectation, you know, that um, my expectation of them, uh, we're having this great relationship, but there also is a certain accountability that those guys have. And I really feel like through relationships, that accountability becomes stronger. Uh, those kids don't want to upset you. They don't want to disappoint you. They're going to run through a wall to play for you and uh, and do the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's so funny that, that you say that about taking kids out to eat because – you see them in a totally different environment. Uh, mm-hmm. I know when we get a kid to, to go to state wrestling, like we stay in a hotel, and as long as the kid is in the tournament still, we take him out to eat, and the school pays for all that. And the first place our kids want to go, of course, we're a small town, under 10,000 people. Fine dining is not one of the things that our town, Denison, has to offer. <laughs> but they all want to go to Applebee's. And I'm like, really? That's where I eat with my wife on a regular basis when we're in the city, Des Moines or Omaha. But our kids have never been to an Applebee's. That's and all. It's, just, it's just a caring trademark that we kind of go and we're like, well, let's get you your Applebee's experience because you've earned it. Well, that's, <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, JT, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't eat at Applebee's that much. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Coach Weaver, Applebee's is the place. My, my wife loves Applebee's. Um but I don't know. I'm like a Wendy's four for four guy. I'm even cheaper yeah. than the Applebee's. I'm a Wendy's four for four. And look, I just found out. And the kids told me this. So you, you talk to kids, you kind of figure out they know a lot more uh, than you do. Uh, so they said, Coach, you know you can substitute the fries and get. And I was like, What's that? And they go, uh, You can get some chili. For, I was like, Shoot, I'm on that. So <laughs> you know, the, my, one of my things, and you talk about food. I had a kid that was a freshman this year, and I told him he did not want to run the quarter, the 400. And I was like, look, if you run this 400 in this track meet and you break 55, I'll buy you a Chick-fil-A. And he's like, you ain't going to buy me Chick-fil-A. And two other kids like, man, you don't know Coach Weaver that well. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. The dude ran a 54-2, and the next day he's got Chick-fil-A waiting on him. Uh so, you know, you talk about carrying trademarks, you know, and, and going back, yeah. you got to do what you, you know, you got to do what you say. If you just a bunch full yeah. of words and it's over, they can spot it. So coming through with it is uh, one of those things. And I think it has to be consistent. You know, it's exactly right. um, 10 years ago, we went through a transition where my first couple of years at high school level, we made some deep runs in the playoffs. And then we went 0 and 9, 0 and 9 and then started the next season 0-8. And that was tough. And I remember I went to a conference, and they talked about, well, you got to do this visualization. And this is a decade ago, so there weren't very many high school coaches talking about visualization or talking about the mental side of sports yet. And so I went to, like, the dollar, dollar store, and I bought a big slotted spoon 
that had a little hook on the end, had like an eye hole. And I put that on my whistle. And I show up at practice the next day, and they're like, Coach Tory, what's the deal with the spoon? And I'm like, well, we're going to have an ice cream party when we win. <laughs> and we didn't win again for two more years almost. But then when we won, we had the ice cream party. There you go. And it was that visual reminder of every day, well, I'm waiting to have my ice cream. You know, Dabo Sweeney did it at Clemson, perennial cellar dweller. Uh, when he took over, he talked about how he had to buy his own TV to watch film because the university wouldn't give him the money in the athletic department. That culture has changed a little bit since he's been there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, we're going to have a uh, pizza party when we make the playoffs. And then they invite, I don't know how many thousands of people to Tiger Stadium after it happened. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge yeah, That was awesome. That was definitely <laughs> awesome. One of the things that I think y'all are touching on, I think Coach Weaver touched on about buying the Chick-fil-A, uh, not only saying it, but then doing it. You know, with your ice cream, uh, you were saying it, but then you also did it. Uh, not being a fraud of your word and, and being true to what you tell these guys. Because I really feel like these players these days and these kids these days, well, they can sniff out a fraud. You know, they can, they can sniff that out. And, um, again, that, that breaks relationships between coaches and players um, a lot of times. It does. Uh, but being true to your work, you know, with Chick-fil-A and the ice cream and even the pizza party with that. Uh, yeah, and I think a lot of times, and, and I talked to, to a coach who's a, a prominent baseball coach in our association, uh, tonight, and he was talking about you know the, the people that that step out and are going about this you know the caring trademark, uh, the culture, relationships with players are like oh they're just a bunch of blowhards. Well now you're you're seeing more and more kids gravitate to those kind of coaches. So I think it, it's key to create your own energy uh, with kids and create your own caring trademark that fits you and your team. You know, I, I, that's a charge that I'm putting on our coaches right now is to find something unique that you're going to do that sets you apart different uh, with your kids. So it's just like I talk with ARB, it's exclusive membership. What do you do with your kids, whether it's writing a note, whether it's um, saying my pleasure, whether it's, you know, you're inviting them. If they're old linemen, invite them over to your house on Thursday night. Don't feed them, but just like, hey, we're going to do something because they'll probably eat you out of house and home. But just doing <laughs> something, doing something different um, that kind of makes them feel a part of something. We've talked, we've touched on this on a previous po previous podcast, though, JT, is, you know, set yourself apart. Don't be bigger than the team. Just be a small entity inside of the team that fits in that culture. You know, and I'm big on watching call sheets anymore. When I sit down and watch a game, one of my little, like, fetishes is to look at the coach's call sheet and look for the handwritten notes that are in the margins. Mm -hmm. And the one that I'm seeing over and over is BU. And, uh, you know, I think about Jerry Glanville when he took over the Falcons and in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, and uh, the team's a mess. Their primary color was red. Well, Jerry Glanville wore all black and rode Harleys and listened to rock and roll. And he changed all that. He went, took the primary color and shifted it to black. And uh, he encouraged guys like Deion Sanders and Andre Ryzen to dance. I mean, you take it and make it your own because we all have unique skill sets and unique interests. Yeah. It's like when Mark Rick uh, was at Georgia still. And they, they said, he said, when we score the first touchdown, we're all going to go celebrate and didn't really care about yeah. the 15 yard penalty. But they all went and celebrated in the end zone. So it's just it's making your team 
or a unit or whatever, whatever sport you coach, really. Um, something unique to you. I mean, Gary Patterson, and they were losing, and he was wearing purple, I think, and he came out and he was wearing black or vice versa. I mean, just yeah. And people notice that. So, obviously, if people in the media notice it on national television, you know your kids are going to notice it in the locker room. Well, and I don't know about you guys, but at the end of the day, the people that I want on my team at school or the people that I'm in the trenches with as far as coaching or whatever, I want to at least know they care. Mm. Care about what we're doing as a program, care about our kids, care about the experience that we're all giving together, that shared experience. And if you can show me you care, we're going to get along just fine. Yeah, ain't no doubt. Well, I'm, I've just started this this year. Uh with our guys and their birthday. Now, I don't know exactly when everybody's birthday is, but social media helps with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You kind of know when a kid's birthday is, it's maybe on your team. So now I make a, a special post for them, like birthday shout out to, you know, Philip Short's birthdays today as our quarterback and just put a little picture with it. But that's a, another little caring trademark that, hey, my, my coach cares more about me uh, than just our quarterback, you know, he cares about me as a person. And then I think you've seen these JT on, on Twitter of what we've started doing is, you know, we have the tags that go on their, uh, their travel bags, but they wanted a banner that goes on their Twitter header of their call sign. So I'm pumping those things out and they, they have to make it original. So another one went out tonight, um, Superfly Sam Polis. Uh, so they'll get those and they put them on their Twitter banner and, and stuff like that. So. Just something different, create some uh, some energy as we go through uh, spring and into summer. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, John was talking about was uh, he's got the Air Brigade gang. You know, we did some very similar in North Florida. We were the DOT boys, the DOT boys. Um, has a couple of meanings. Uh, one of them is director of touchdowns, director of care, but also, um, also has a, a secret kind of meeting that, really only our running backs kind of knew and had some other people on our team. And I really felt like uh, those guys kind of bought into that. It's kind of almost like a, you know, we kind of have our own culture here as a running back group. And, you know, with the Doc boys, uh, uh, we, you know, did some things different. But, of course, being, we're all part of the offense and, and the bigger departure. But I really believe uh, those running backs really enjoyed that, being part of the, the Doc boy crew. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. Um you know, our, our ARB members, we have H-backs and Superbacks, whatever you want to call them now. And they're like, we're Tuesday or Wednesday of last week during spring. And they're like, am I an ARB? Am I an ARB? I was like, guys, you're, you're an H-back. Like, you're part tight end, <laughs> part receiver. Like, well, I catch, a, I catch passes. I was like, maybe three in two games. But um, it, it's hard to hear those kids. Like, they want to be a part of that group. But in order for that group to be exclusive, uh, it, it can only go to receivers that are guys that don't even line up inside of the tackle box any. Uh, so it's it, it's tough, but you know you got to make exclusive membership for those guys. You you have to make it unique, uh, like with your dot boys. I was like, you you can't make a receiver a dot boy. Um, it's very true. Very yeah. true. Another thing we did uh, that I kind of picked up from baseball you watch all these baseball games and you see guys hit doubles and every time they hit a double they have some kind of celebration um so i kind of took that over uh, to football so now when our running backs when we have a, a huge gain and they come off the side on our score touchdown we have our own celebration on the sideline um 
that we do, which I kind of took from Mississippi State. We throw an alley oop, one player is the hoop. I'm the guy that throws the throws oh, the awesome. imaginary ball, and the guy that does really good catches it, and he'll do a spin move or whatever uh, fancy thing he comes up with. Uh, but you know, uh, doing that is kind of special to our group. It also celebrates when they do something good, and all the running backs get into it. It's just not that one guy that has the big runner sports a touchdown. Um, guys will be the hooper. Guys will be around. Might even have a guy kind of be the defender that gets dunked on or something like that. Um, so those guys really like that, enjoy that, being a part of that little thing too. Right. So you, now you're you making know, the transition to quarterbacks, right? At uh, Fort Worth right, Christian? I am. You got to come up with I something am. different yeah. for them now, like gunslinger gang <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Hey, they we can will. Go dot we'll go. They can be the dot boys. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's very you true. Know, <laughs> that's what our kids say. Like when there's, oh, we got a pretty good quarterback who's returning for his senior year, and uh, um, like everything in practice is there's a dot, there's a dot. It's like I don't know how many times we hear it, but uh, that, that's your director of touchdowns right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. um, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Um, Jacob, thanks again, man, for for joining in on episode one of season two we had a lot of good feedback uh from season one uh back in january and february took a hiatus uh end of wrestling for jt and then uh took a extended break for track season uh that proved to be uh positive for us on that end uh but man we're we've gotten a lot of good feedbacks we wanted to get season two up and running um so we can go through the summer so uh, once again, thanks for for coming in and joining us for episode one, getting us kicked off for uh, season two. Yeah. yeah, well, it's an honor, really. Uh, listening to you guys the whole first season, uh, being out here in Texas, everything's about thirty minutes away from you. It seems like so. Always good to have good content in the car and learning while I'm driving. And uh, I really like the culture classroom in season one, and really excited about season two. Man, I appreciate it. JT, you got anything? No, just uh, follow us on Twitter at CultureClass19 and hit us up and let us know what you do to differentiate yourself from the other coaches that you're around. What's your caring trademark? And look for my purple shoes. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> maybe maybe you get a handwritten note from us and uh, who knows, maybe Jacob will be coaching at your school one day and if it's a championship game, you know what kind of uh, pants he's wearing underneath <laughs> the khakis. So that first one, I, I can about imagine your first game. That'll be on, right? <laughs> oh be, yeah, 100%. it has to be. I'll be back, put me back in my comfort zone, and definitely. <laughs> so I know exactly where those things are in my closet right now. So that's awesome. That'll that'll, that'll come out next August. Sweet. Well, uh, Jacob, best of luck to you um, as y'all are finishing up spring and you head into summer, and uh, best of luck in the fall as uh, y'all get started at Fort Worth Christian School. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Culture Classroom is supported by Laws and Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms and a unique teacher to teacher consulting program. Lausanne Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them on the web at lausannelearning.com today to find out one of their active learning conferences near you.
and to learn more about changing education from the ground up.